All right. I know that uh, Philip looked up some things on the internet relative to what we're studying, and you're, you're, you're looking at news that reflects exactly what we're looking at here. I'm a little curious if anybody else has done the same thing. I'll say this, if you do, especially if you look at news sources that come from Israel, uh, and they're not necessarily prophecy related, they're just news that are related, news that's related to Israel. In our day, in our country, if it's, if it's not something that's, you know, really destructive toward the administration or something, they're not going to report it. But if you look at uh, other news sources, you will see uh, how Turkey and Russia and Iran, of course, Iran has always been saying they were going to destroy Israel, you know. But Turkey and uh, Russia making their moves, becoming more and more established militarily right there in the region just next door to Israel. You know, when we look at these maps, it's, it's like we're looking at two or three states in the United States. It's, it's a small area. It's not as big as you might think uh, when you're looking at it. <clears throat> so the point is that uh, we're just could be, there's so many things with regard to Bible prophecy that are converging together. And it's just never happened like this before on a global scale. So it's, a, it's an exciting time to, to, to be a believer and to be watching, in my view, and watching the Word of God just unfold almost on a daily basis. Well, we've come to chapter uh, 39. This is where we left off on this summary. And I won't go to another slide yet. We're going to be reading from Ezekiel 39. And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog. <clears throat> and there's that. Where's my, there it is. There's that, uh, that word again, Ab above or over and against, I guess is a good way to uh, translate it, against Gog and say, thus says Adonai Yahweh. Now this is Ezekiel 39 and this is verse, uh, what, still verse 1? Behold, I am against you, Gog. Now, that's, that's not good news uh, for Gog. I am, I, am, uh, I am toward you. I am toward you. I am against you. I am, you, have, you have my attention, and what I'm thinking is not good. That's about how you would say that. Behold, I am against you, Gog. That's in verse 1. Uh, and I have my rabbi translation here. I'm looking, checking it as I go. The prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And I will turn you around. Now, we've read this earlier in chapter 38. And uh, I will turn you around and lead you on. Um, I will turn you around and or I will unbridle you and entice you and lead you up from the utmost parts of the north 
and bring you upon the mountains of Israel. Now this is Yahweh, this is Adonai Yahweh, this is the Lord God in these latter days. Remember in the previous chapter, it identified this era as the absolute last and end of days. And the whole conversation through Ezekiel is from the Lord to Gog, who is obviously the leader of the whole thing. But he's not the leader that he thinks he is because it is Adonai Yahweh, his Lord, even though he doesn't acknowledge him as Lord, it doesn't make any difference. He is Lord. Uh, and he puts, put, we saw last time, puts hooks in his jaws, draws him down. And here, I will turn you around, lead you on, or I'll bridle you and entice you uh, from and bring you from the far north, the utmost north parts, against the mountains of Israel. <clears throat> and I will knock the bow out of your left hand and the arrows out of your right hand and cause you uh, and cause you to fall or make them fall from your right hand. So he, he strikes the weapons out of the hand of Gog and those, obviously, who are joining Gog. You shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all your um, hordes, the peoples that are with you, the people that are with you, to the birds of prey, to all the winged creatures and the beasts of the field, I have given you to be devoured. Okay, so that's, um, that's kind of uh, gruesome to think about. So Yahweh prepares all of these animals and these birds. Now remember, Previously, we saw in that last chapter that Yahweh referred to it as his land. This is my land. These are my people. Uh, he's talking about the people of Israel. So the land is of great interest to Yahweh. And that, that, he, would, that he would arrange for all of these animals, these birds, uh, to come and uh, feed upon the, the massive dead bodies laying everywhere, the dead bodies uh, laying everywhere is, uh, is an interesting thought that he has already looked after the cleansing of the land when all of these troops fall and they fall dead. Uh, let's see, that was... That was like verse 4. Was that like verse 4 in, in your Bible? Okay. Mm -hmm. Upon the open field you shall fall, for I have spoken, says Adonai Yahweh. Now here is where it gets interesting. Um, let me go back to the other And I will send fire on Magog. Now, Gog is the leader. 
Magog is the land, all right? I will send fire on Magog. Now, there's a big question mark here. Um, is, this, is this fire that comes directly from heaven? Or is this, is this Yahweh putting it in the mind of another powerful nation to send fire on Magog? That's an interesting thought. I don't have the answer to it because the answer is what you see and what you see is not as clear to us now as it will be someday when all these things happen. But no, notice this. Not only will I send fire on, on Magog, and on those who live in security in the coastlands. And they shall know that I am Yahweh. All right. Uh, King James Version may, may translate that uh, the isles, the islands, the isles or something like that. New King James coastlands. Coastlands, okay. That's probably a better... It is so it references it references a a land that has a lot of coastland to it. All right. Now, if you just I don't want to force the uh, interpretation here, but the food for thought obviously is if 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 Yahweh says, "I will send fire on Magog," I will also send fire on those who think, you know, they're dwelling securely, they're in security in the coastlands, and they shall know that I am Yahweh. So, um, the labatah, the, 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 to dwell in security, it comes from a root, batach, uh, which means so confident that they are unsuspecting, unaware, unsuspecting. They're living in uh, relative quietness and they're unsuspecting in their lives. So they're dwelling there and Yahweh sees reason to also send fire on them. So there have been prophecy scholars through the years to question whether or not this is a nuclear exchange between the United States and Russia because Russia makes this bold move to invade Israel. Obviously, the United States will know it as soon as it happens. When it, they'll know it just before. I mean, they'll see the gathering of all these armies. Uh, there's no telling what kind of talk is going on. Probably the preaching has started. This is what Yahweh said in Ezekiel. Um, but whatever, whether it comes directly from Yahweh or whether it comes by his will, each nation imposing fire upon the other, whatever it is, the basic point is that they shall know that I am Yahweh. We live in a very careless world. It's hard to imagine that it can get a whole lot more careless with regard to its uh, uh, belief in God, its respect for God's word, its respect for God. Uh, and so forth. This is such a cataclysmic event that the language here teaches us that it shakes the world up. I mentioned earlier today 
that it, it's going to, in my view, it's going to happen in close proximity to the, to the rapture of the church. But suppose the church has this one final message that the world needs to prepare for the tribulation because this is the introduction to the tribulation and we're about to get out of here. And this could be the, the great message of the church, the true church, in the last hour, right before we're taken away. And then, of course, the Antichrist would be revealed and, and he would forge his, uh, his uh, ceasefire, his uh, peace treaty, his seven-year peace treaty with the nation of Israel. But the bottom line is, and they shall know that I'm Yahweh. You see that? Uh, in the in the in the in the verb, it's a, it's in the call a conjunctive. Perf it's 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 what it says. <laughs> they will know when I do this. They will know. So at that moment in time, there's going to be this uh, this reverential awe of how Yahweh the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has divinely uh, spared and rescued the nation of Israel. Now, all of this is happening, and they're overwhelmingly outnumbered by all of these troops that are coming and all of the military armaments that are being poured against them, and they're completely and utterly delivered. We saw that it's going to be a, a flood, in the previous chapter, we saw that God is going to send tremendous hailstones and there's going to be a big earthquake across all the land. So the earthquake, the hailstones, and the horrific rainstorm that causes a flood, all of these things are going to, hailstones can strike jet planes out of the air. Flood, an earthquake of course, can just stop everything. And a, and a flood can drown, can stop, can 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 uh, mire down uh, mechanized equipment and so forth yeah, and just wash them away, right. Uh, so God, but then on top of that, he says, and I will send a fire. But if you will notice, it says, I will send fire on Magog. So Magog, to me, that's like, <clears throat> that. I can understand how people would see that as a nuclear strike against the land of Russia. And they shall know that I'm Yahweh. Now, I don't want to be too adamant here. I don't want to force, I don't want to force an interpretation on anything. But it is food for thought, the way that the wording is in the original text. And I will send fire on Magog and on those who live in security passively, live in security unsuspect, unsuspectingly in the coastlands and they shall know that I'm Yahweh. Now to Ezekiel, the coastlands would have been as far away as a land could be. That's about the way the Hebraism would work uh, in the language of his day. Continuing. So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Okay, let me stop there. Chapter 36, chapter 37, we move into the regathering of Israel. 
and then the dry bones coming together, which is the nation of Israel, coming together. And they look like human beings covered with muscle tissue and skin, but they're not alive until God infuses the spirit of life. In, in other words, they get saved. Ezekiel questions, how's this going to happen? God says, prophesy to these bones. Preach to them. This is the miracle of the divine sovereignty of God. We are taught in the Bible, Romans 19, 11, Israel has been laid aside for her hardened heart and her unbelief. The Gentiles have been grafted in until the times of the Gentiles have been fulfilled. So there's coming a day when the last Gentile in the time of the church be saved. Israel, the 70th, seven-year period, Israel is restored. And... Um, they, there's 144,000 from the nation of Israel, 12,000 of each 12 tribes, go forth as evangelists. And the, and the evangelization and salvation of Israel begins at the beginning of the tribulation, but it really takes shape in the last half of the tribulation. What, what catalyst begins to move the nation of Israel to salvation? Well, here it is. Uh... So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. So it is, this is obvious. This is another thing that makes it obvious that this is the beginning of the tribulation. Now let me remind you, most, most of you already know it, but indulge me. In the time of Daniel, Gabriel came from heaven. He said, the Lord Yahweh, God of Israel, has determined at that point, from that moment, God has determined 77-year periods for your people. Now you go on and read, and you'll see that the first 69 pass, one right after the other. And at the end of the 69th seven-year period, Messiah is cut off and does not receive anything. In other words, he's murdered, and he does not at that point receive his kingdom. Now, the 70th seven-year period is still dangling out there somewhere that is determined upon the nation of Israel, and that's the tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble, and that is when God will save Israel, and Israel will recognize the Lord Christ as the Messiah. If you'll notice here what we just read, this is the catalyst that starts all of that. Not just that. Now look at the next phrase here. And the nations shall know that I am Yahweh, the Holy One in Israel. Surely it is coming and it shall be done, says Adonai Yahweh. It is the day of which I have spoken. Okay, so there's a day on God's calendar, I think not far away because things are happening unlike they've ever happened before. First of all, you had to have, Israel was not a nation when, when Ezekiel was prophesying this. So it had to be a time when Israel's back as a nation. And I've got an, I've got, I have an idea that most of the people in that area didn't even know where Magog was, you know. I mean, it's just a, a whole different world to those people in that day. They couldn't have had an exchange with people like that so far away. Now, they could have with Persia because Persia's about to move in. Uh, but others, you know, they, they couldn't have known all that we can see here how it could have come about. 
But today we can. It's something that wouldn't be that difficult. It could happen in a day. Now, Yahweh says, not just Israel, and they will no longer profane his holy name, but the nations will know I am Yahweh, the Holy One in Israel. So what God does in this event with Israel is he reveals himself like he's always done. This was his purpose. This was his plan. He reveals himself to the world through Israel. This is why Israel has never been completely destroyed as an ethnic group of people. Um, God has, still has a purpose for them. Uh, and, and this is part of that purpose. And they will note, they will acknowledge Yahweh as the Holy One in Israel. In other words, this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, if you believe that, then you'll have to go to the Bible and you study the story and you'll see that it leads you right to Jesus Christ uh, and it is His holy name that won't be profaned anymore and it takes you right through to the, to the end of the book. Um, so this is, a, this is a very profound event that, uh, that I believe brings to close the age of the church, carries us into our rapture, and then establishes Israel as a very important nation because, now let me get off script a little bit. I believe that it's this point. Let's just suppose that Russia and the United States have, have uh, neutralized one another. So the United States has just been destroyed by nuclear fire, nuclear weapons, and so has Russia. These two superpowers won't be anything anymore. They'll be kicked back to the Dark Stone Age. So um, what's left? Well, Western Europe would be left, right? And this is where I believe the Antichrist comes from. And the first thing that he does when all this is over, and at this point with the destruction of those confederation of nations, the political power and the political importance of the Arab nations will be decimated. They won't be so important anymore. So, you know, well, how are we going to now? Okay, God, is the Israel standing there, man, what are we going to do? This guy rushes in with a seven-year peace treaty. This is what we're going to do. And one of the most important things for them is for them to rebuild their temple on the Temple Mount. So let's let them have it. Let's go with it. And that's what happens. And they really appreciate this guy for the first three and a half years. Okay, now, um, that brings us down to, uh, all right. And those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out. Well, let me go back. Did I do that? Surely it is coming and it shall be done. Did I read that? I did that. Surely it's coming and it shall be done, says Adonai Yahweh. It is the day of which I have spoken. Okay. And those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and Set, set on fire and burn the weapons, the shields, bucklers, bows, arrows, javelins, spears, and they will make fires with them for seven years. All right. Now well, let me finish the thought here. And they will not take wood from the field nor cut any from the forests because they will make fires 
with the weapons and they will plunder those who plundered them and pillage those who pillaged them, says Adonai Yahweh. So the, the issue of energy is going to be settled for seven years in Israel. Although things fall, start falling apart in the middle of the, of the seven years. Whatever, whatever they salvage from all of this is used as fuel. Like fire. You know, that's, what it, that's the analogy here. Uh, so they will use it for seven years. And there is another reference, obviously, to me, to the tribulation, which is through all of this, Israel is taken care of for seven years. So they pillage them uh, and plunder them. Now, does this mean that they also would uh, that they also would take booty from the lands around them? Maybe Israel has never been given over. You know, you think about this. Israel, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in the modern era, since Israel has become a nation, Israel has never attacked another nation in order to gain territory. They've never done that. Now, that's not to say David and Solomon didn't do it. I'm sure they did, you know. But in the modern era, they have been totally defensive. They keep getting attacked, and they keep getting told by the powers of the world, United Nations, don't strike back. You know, you're just supposed to sit there and take it, you know. Well, they don't. They don't sit there and take it. But it's never been their design to be warlike. They're really a, a, peaceful, a peaceful people. So it's hard to say if this means that they're going to go in and pillage people who live outside their borders or they're just going to gather up everything that's been destroyed or not destroyed, but probably left intact. You know, these guys, they, they all die through floods and hailstones and earthquake. Uh, but the point is that this is used for the sake of Israel for seven years that they can provide for themselves based on the plundering of what's left uh, on the battlefields, especially by the enemy that tried to invade them. And it will come to pass in that day that I will give Gog a burial place there in Israel, uh, east of those who pass by the valley of the sea, and it will obstruct travelers uh, because they will bury there uh, Gog and all of his multitude. And therefore they will call it the Valley of Haman Gog. Um, now does that, does that mean that does that mean that the whole group of troops are generally referred to the invading troops? Now you're not talking about the land of Magog because it's the land of Israel that we're talking about. Probably the reference is that these are all whom Gog has led and they represent Gog. I don't know that Gog himself would, would join the invading forces uh, and that he would be personally buried there, but you never know. The Mossad, the Mossad, they may send a group in there to bring him back and I just don't know. But uh, they will be burying them in order to cleanse the house of Israel, 
the land of the house of Israel for seven months. So it's going to take seven months to bury all these dead soldiers. And indeed, we'll be burying all the, uh, let's see, what is this? This is, uh, let me think about this. And indeed, uh, seven months house of Israel will be burying them in order to purify the land. They will bury all the people of the land and they will be renowned. It is a day when I will be glorified, says Adonai Yahweh. Um, so, uh, yeah, there we go. This is the whole, there's the bottom line, the glory of God. That's, uh, that's the bottom line. Um, let's see, where did I, let's see. Uh, and men, let's see, and men regularly employed, and they will set apart men regularly employed to pass through the land and with the help of a search party, bury those bodies remaining on the ground in order to cleanse it. And, it, and at the end of seven months, uh, they will make a search and, will, and the search party will pass through the land. And when anyone sees a bone, uh, of a man, he shall set a marker by it until the barriers have buried it in the valley of Hamangog. Of Hamangog. Uh, the name of the city will also be Hamonah. Thus they shall cleanse the land. Seven months to bury the dead, pay people to go out, bury them. Then send search parties again. If you see a bone sticking up anywhere, bury it. Uh, bury it all. We want to cleanse the land. Thus they shall cleanse the land. And as for you, son of man, thus says Adonai Yahweh, speak to every sort of bird and to every sort of beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come gather together from all sides to my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you a great sacrificial meal on the mountains of Israel that you may eat flesh and drink blood. You shall eat the flesh of the mighty and the blood of the princes of the earth. Drink of rams and lambs and of goats and bulls, fattenings of Bashan, all of them. You shall eat fat till you are full and drink blood until you are drunk, uh, which I am sacrificing for you at my sacrificial meal. And you shall be filled at my table with horses and riders, with mighty men, with all the men of war, says Yahweh Adonai. So they come from everywhere to feed on the flesh. And I will set my glory among the nations. And the nations all shall see my judgment which I have executed and my hand which I have laid on them. So... The house of Israel shall know that I am Yahweh their God from that day and forward. And the Gentiles shall know uh, that for their iniquity, that is for Israel's iniquity, they went into captivity, the house of Israel went into captivity because they were unfaithful to me and therefore I hid my face from them and I gave them into the hand of their enemies and they all fell by the sword according to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions 
I have dealt with them and hidden my face from them. Therefore, thus says Adonai Yahweh, now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. Now you see, this, this has to be an introduction to the tribulation. And after they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, uh, when they dwelt in their own land, uh, when they dwelt in their own land safely, and no one made them afraid, when I have brought when I brought them back, uh, when I have brought back the peoples from them and gathered them out of the land out of their enemies' lands, my holiness I will show in them, in the sight of many nations. Then they shall know that I am Yahweh. I am Yahweh their God who sent them into captivity among the nations but also brought them back to their land and none were left captive any longer of them. And I will, and I will not anymore hide my face from them. It's a double negative. I will not anymore hide my face from them. I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel says the Lord God. So you see with what is just said there, this is in conjunction with the Lord God moving to save Israel. And that is at the absolute last time. But the big event, obviously, that introduces the whole thing is uh, what I call Ezekiel's war, uh, the invasion of these people. So let's look here. Russia invades Israel. Here's Ezekiel 38 and 39. So there's Russia. Right in the middle of the screen is that red, there's a little red slit there, that's Israel. That little tiny red thing there is Israel. Uh, so we look at this, here's Iran or Persia, which is Iran, and Afghanistan, which was part of the old Persian group. Here's Ethiopia and Sudan, which is part of the old Ethiopian empire. Uh, here's Libya, the old empire that stretches all the way across uh, through Algeria and across that part of, of the northern part of Africa. Uh, Morocco and Tunisia, okay. Now, that was the old Libyan empire. Gomer, matter of fact, the word German or Germany comes from Gomer. So there'll be Eastern Europeans who are going to join this thing. Uh, and the, the, the Gomerians or the Germanic people are identified in those nations there. Togoma is Turkey. It is there. And uh, here's little Israel. Russia with 14 nations identified in the Bible will go against Israel. Little, tiny Israel. Right there. Now look at all those other nations. They're going to come against Israel. Israel is 288 miles long. And if you want to think about it, here's, here's Oklahoma. And if you see the shaded part that goes to the, from the northernmost part of Oklahoma down into Texas a little bit, that's how big Israel is. That's where it would fit in the United States. Just a little piece of land in Oklahoma, and it goes over a little bit into Texas. All right, so, you know, it's been questioned is this the fire that goes against one and the other? Well, I don't really know. 
But when it happens, what about Israel? Can Israel start sending her fire as well? God has her prepared uh, and securely. Uh, Israel has the capability of doing this. Now, whether or not this is how it works out, I don't know. It's just food for thought. Uh, now, I'm not, this, is, this is not where we're at. Uh, I'm going to go swiftly through this because what, and then I'm going to refer to it here. What happened? I'm going quickly through this. This is the last part. You you start over in uh, in uh, just all right. Well, let's just look at this. Uh, Ezekiel. I don't know if you have this one or not. We do. We have it on the that's the last one. Last one. Okay. I'm 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 smarter than I look. Just so we don't miss the main point, Ezekiel began his book with a vision of a storm picturing the destruction of old Jerusalem. And later, God's departure from it. He ended it with another vision of the establishment of New Jerusalem and God's permanent residence in it. The glory of the Lord is the unifying feature that ties the book together and runs all the way through from the beginning to the end of Ezekiel. And maybe the New Schofield Bible says it best, quote, Ezekiel begins and ends with God. Between the great vision of God in chapter 1 and the closing words, the Lord is there at the very end of Ezekiel, is the unsparing record of man's failure and sin judged by God. But his judgment works to his glory, and the book ends with one thing that, mar that makes heaven what it is, the presence of the Lord. And that's when the name of Jerusalem is changed, the earthly Jerusalem is changed. What is it? Yahushamah is a, it goes from Yerushalayim to Yahushamah. It goes to the Lord is there. That will be the name of what used to be Jerusalem. And Ezekiel gives that detail. All right, so let's think about this. Ezekiel then, moving in chronological order, already the bones are together and they look alive, but they're not alive yet because the Spirit of God hasn't been infused into them as a nation. That's the next thing that happens. But, it, but what precedes that is this war. So we're set up for it. The world is set up for it. Uh, Iran has set, set itself up for it. So has Turkey, so has uh, Russia and these other smaller nations. They've set themselves up for it. Uh, and in desperation, you know, before they would let their nations just collapse, what happened to the Soviet Union was, in the time of Reagan and Brezhnev, actually in the time of uh, Gorbachev, the Soviet Union could not keep up with the military advancements of the United States. They couldn't keep up with it. And they saw under Reagan's economy and under Reagan's administration and, uh, and with, a, with a Congress that was at least acknowledged the popularity of Reagan, went along with a lot of what he said and they went through all this stuff building the military and they became so powerful that the Soviet Union did not have the money to maintain the Soviet Union and to match the military of the United States. And so it, it, it dissolved, the whole thing dissolved. It was an economic thing because the economy of Russia has never been its strongest point. Its military has always been its strongest point. So uh, apparently we come to that, that time again, but Gog, whoever the leader will be in, in the land of Magog over Rosh, Meshach, and Tabal, Whoever that leader will be, 
apparently will say, and God puts the thought in his mind, we're not going to go under like we did before. We're going to go take somebody else's stuff and we're going to get rich over what they have. And that's the evil thought that they have, the evil plan that they have. And God himself will oversee for his purpose bringing these nations against Israel and it's an utter failure. And it also seems to me that at that moment in time, it rewrites the global map in a sense. It redesigns the global map and at that point prepares the world for the tribulation, the Antichrist and all that happens in the time of the tribulation. That's my thought. Uh, so I, I close this part out tonight uh, by simply saying it ain't ever been this way before, <laughs> the way it is today. Uh, we, we're, we're seeing the pieces of this puzzle just come together everywhere. Uh, and I've always, one of my favorite sayings is that God is always up to something. And he's up to something big, always. So this is something that uh, we can ponder on and think about as the church of the Lord Jesus and uh, proclaim the gospel to whoever will hear it. And we can even point to the Bible and then point to the newspaper and tell them that God is real. As God said, that the nations will know that I am Yahweh. All right, well, thank you all for your attention. Uh, we'll, we'll have some brief closing remarks to bring it, just to summarize and bring it all up tomorrow but it won't take long in the morning for our final session, okay? All right, well, let's, let me pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for bringing us together like this and bringing us into this study. Lord, help us to understand what apparently is the lateness of the hour. And Lord, help us to continue to rejoice in our hearts over the thought that you're bringing us into your presence is so very near. Help us and bless us and use us to serve you in these last days in the ways that are pleasing to you and glorifying to you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.